You're listening to Reality Bites Radio on the 21st of November 2013 with our guest, Alan Watt. Um, we've just been discussing the, the money system, the religion, uh, all sorts of uh, branches of stuff. But um, I was particularly interested in, I've got a couple of other uh, colleagues of mine who, who wanted to, to know about certain authors and their, their backgrounds and stuff. And I picked up a, a magazine, a little village magazine. I just moved into a new, a new house in Hertfordshire. And it was about George Bernard Shaw, and he, he used to live in a, a place called Ayot St. Lawrence down in Hertfordshire. And, you know, the, the, it's a, it's a one-page article in this little magazine with the, the fo- that's a kind of well-known photograph of him looking uh, rather noble and uh, intelligent with his uh, fluffy beard and his little riding crop or whatever he's holding. And, you know, it goes into this article saying he's a great champion of uh, social causes and, and um, helping to engender equality between the sexes and all this kind of stuff. And um, I'm, I'm going to write back to this person that wrote this article because their email address is on it and uh, just send them some information on George Bernard Shaw and see what kind of reaction I get. But, um, I mean, George Bernard Shaw, I mean, if, if you wanted a, you know, a personification of uh, evil intent, I mean, you only have to watch his clips from the, the Soviet story uh, regarding what he wants to do with the undesirables or the uh, people not um, pulling their weight in the social... Uh, I can't remember the word he used, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it smacks of... Uh, Cameron's big society, you know, you've got to be pulling your weight or else uh, you're going to be punished in some way or another. What he said in the Soviet story, live, live, it's a live clip of him talking, and he said, he said, eventually, when we rule, he said, then you, all of you, will have to come to us to decide if you should live or die. Why should we keep you alive? What service can you give and provide for us to keep you alive, he said. So this is the this this is the system. And but George Bernard Shaw, remember, like many of them, even like Bill Clinton, and I, I know that, you know a, a lot more. But you have to understand who were their fathers. It's always a mystery. It's always a mystery who their dads were. It's always brought up in a different country by a mother who was well provided for, etc. But it's always very shady as to who the who the dads are. In many of these old secret societies, remember, um, they could they could uh, have offspring outside their very very incredibly traditional uh, tribal families, uh, but they were, they were given special status because they could blend in amongst the outsider population, as one of you, you know. And Bernard Shaw was financed by the, the Ashter family. Uh, the, the, they went over to Britain. Um, uh, and fund me, actually put up all the money for the Fabian Society. And they, they started off the same thing uh, about uh, charities for, for women, etc., etc. It wasn't for women. If you want to just, and that, well, this is a, a, a very uh, controversial topic, naturally, because there's been so much brainwashing to do with it. And again, in higher academia, they tend to keep their emotions out of it. That's why they don't, they can talk amongst themselves, but not down the guys at the bottom because they're emotive and angry. Warfare techniques, there's many forms of warfare, but the most, the most efficient is destroy, total destruction of the culture. And so you, you look at why a, a, a culture works, and you say, okay, it works because they have a setup like this, they have a little tribe or whatever, and they have a man and a woman and they have the children. And the guy goes off and does this hunting, and the woman does that, blah, blah, and the child grows up pretty healthily. And he will adopt the same customs as his parents, blah, blah, blah. So you look at everything that works, and then you look at how to destroy each part of that, you see. That's what you do. And under the guise of freeing you, they can bring you into abject slavery under themselves, the ones who are bringing all this about. 
And they have raised a successful war on all of this. On every possible cultural sphere. Completely successful, absolutely. Until the people who are targeted aren't even having children at all. And they won't last long. I mean, there's a whole generation getting wiped out because they're not having children. Going back to Charles Galton Darwin's books, and he belonged to these particular peoples too. He said himself, he said, um, he said if we can entice the woman into pure materialism uh, and forgo having a family, and having a, you should go for a career and so on, then we can eliminate the problems of that people, meaning the, their existence. And, and that's been awfully successful. Now, with the advent to a Freud, and he was an advent of the same revolutionary force, by the way, and brought forth uh, to, as a substitute to destroy all existing religion. Because the way we see about religion, it gives you a lot of causes, you know. Because understand one thing about Christianity, and people really should remember this as you throw the baby out of the bathwater. For the first time, Christianity gave the average person, even the peasant, a divine right to exist under the eyes of God. No other gods in Roman era or, or Greek or anything uh, gave you that right at all. You, you were either a somebody or a nobody, non-entity. So for the first time, your life was precious to a creator. And you, you used that because you believed it and it gave you a lot of pride. And, so, and you would fight for it. That had to be destroyed by the opposing force. And it has been destroyed pretty well. And, and as I said, to have also destroyed... And, and Charles Galton Darwin and also... Uh, Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous Huxley, who ran UNESCO for United Nations, who was a founding member of Planned Parenthood, Julian Huxley said, we must knock man off his pedestal as a supreme being in the planet and bring him down to the level of the animal and train him that he is an animal. Well, you must do that by destroying the religion, you see. Getting back to, to Charles Galton Darwin, he said, we can also uh, cause dissension among the genders. Uh, and, and the more we promote women into the workforce, affairs will happen. It's made for it. If you're spending eight hours with other men and a couple hours when you're deadbeat with an, your, your husband at night, affairs in the workplace are going to happen, especially if you've had a tiff with your husband the night before and vice versa. It happens all the time. It's it was purpose made for the, for the purpose, the destruction of the family unit. It said we can augment this by adding hormones, female hormones, excessive ones, to the, the water supply, to the food supply, even injecting it into people if necessary, to sterilize the males. And we know that all the bisphenols and so on, and many other things as well, have lit, the biggest problem with males today are, is infertility. The, the sperm count has plummeted in the last 50, 60 years, plummeted right down to almost non-functioning, in a lot of the white males and so on. So it's been awfully successful, the whole plan. When you read it written out in a plan by a world, uh, 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 Darwin, for instance, who attended all the world meetings on behalf of the elite, which he was part of, he claimed, then they don't just talk about things like a wish list for Santa Claus. They implement them. They're not going to ask for volunteers because no one's going to volunteer. They simply go ahead and do it. And we better understand that because they're very serious about it. And, and um, they've, they've been doing it. We also see the same effects on the women, who a lot of them uh, don't even have the shape of a woman anymore. Uh, they put up the, the, even the distribution of fat around the body is not where women used to put it on at all. 
And it's because of the excess hormones and so on that are coming in with their food supply and everything else, doing the pesticides, etc. And and so, yeah, you're seeing that they're seeing all the effects of it as planned, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because uh, when, I, when I was at university, I was doing um, hospitality care and that kind of thing. And uh, we were asked to do a, a presentation on, on how food has changed over the over the years, how the diet's changed. And I, I used uh, those images uh, of how women used to look and how they look now. And nobody could answer the question in the class or even the tutor as to how that had come about. You know, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't uh, even really awake or anything at that time. I was just, I was just putting out there as a, as a suggestion, and nobody could come up with the answer. And I, mean, I can think back to it now and, and understand how it's happened, um, purely through, uh, well, obviously TV and stuff got a lot to do with it, um, promoting this, uh, this uh, female form that everybody should aspire to, and then what men desire and all that kind of stuff, uh, as opposed to the, the natural shape of people, if you like. Um, but. Um, Going back to what you were saying about um, George Bernard Shaw and the Astors, of course, uh, David Cameron's man- married into the Astor family. Um, yeah. So, you know, for anybody to think that he's not uh, a socialist, as it were, um, you know, they're, they're kidding themselves on. And I just noted down there, I, I remember you talking about the, the tribes in the Amazon um, mm-hmm. a while back. And you mentioned there that the tribal group and the, the strong family culture, how the, the men go out hunting and the, the women, you know, they, they provide the food or whatever, uh, or they make the food so that the the uh, the male partner has um, gone out and, and hunted for or whatever. And they, they basically they only work the the necessary hours every day to achieve that. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the rest of the time is spent with the children, the family, and that's that's why it's strong. Now, I mean, we, we obviously... We've been led the total opposite, you know, 180 degrees the other way, where, whereby you barely see your children uh, nowadays. And, and you know, you're, I, I did some painting work in a nursery. They call it a nursery, a creche, whatever you want to call it. And um, I would be going in there at uh, half seven in the morning, and there was people dropping their children off to get breakfast. That's right. I mean, it's, it's just bizarre. And then there, there were people there picking their children up. Um, after they'd had their evening meal. So, I mean, they weren't even feeding their own children. They had no idea what they were getting to eat. No. Uh, and, and upstairs from this place, there was a, they called it, um, uh, it, was, it was some kind of play area. But you went up and it was all cages. Just the whole room was cages mm-hmm. uh, with these um, kind of foam mattresses and bouncy uh, stuff, you know, toys and stuff. And I, I thought, like, you're putting these children into cages and that's that's going to become their, their normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. it's just—it's quite bizarre, and I, I couldn't understand why parents would want to do that. But uh, again, you can tr- you can train them to do anything you, the, through talk shows and television and, and, and repetition, repetition, uh, and experts. You understand? We've all, all been taught, especially since the nineteen forties onwards, that experts are paramount. You can't do anything without the advice of an expert because you don't know anything. You see, and and, and the, 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 it's all through society. Every newscast has them on for every rubbishy topic. And they can convince you of anything, uh, and they do all the time. Uh, even the weather forecasters tell you what to wear that day, like you're a child. It's going to rain, oh, oh, bring an umbrella or a, a raincoat. I mean, you know, Bertrand Russell talked about this, and he was a big, big player in the present culture because he was given the task of creating, forming world groups. And they brought in the Vienna School. Uh, that was a highly communistic, collectivistic idea for, 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 for and their philosophies of complete elitist uh, rule over the masses. 
He brought in the Frankfurt School, he was, so he worked with them and the Macy Group to create a brand new culture for the U.S. and the West. And then the World War II. And the Frankfurt School uh, parted a lot of his stuff too, but they also wrote a lot of their own stuff and their own books. And you can't understand the, the whole system without reading their books. Uh, Theo Adorno was a big, big player in it too. And uh, Hornkeimer is another guy too who, who helped run that group. Uh, these guys, to make it safe for themselves, the world's safe for themselves, by the way, and you have to read their, their histories to find out why, they would have to destroy all the, all the other cultures that had ever come against them, they said. And, and they actually said, Adorno said, that we will, we'll have known we have destroyed all these cultures when we can bring down everything, including a sense of music, art, everything. That's why you had all the nihilistic art, so it all pushes a big movement and funded by your tax money to, to destroy you. Uh, he said, well, and right down to, to necrophilia, when the public accept necrophilia, meaning total destruction of everything that was normal. He said, then we'll have achieved our goal. And the president of the U.S., Truman and others, uh, gave them complete permission to implement this using uh, Edward Bernays, that also prior to that had given you the consumer society. So you had a, a group of tribal peoples, by the way, destroying every other tribal cultural uh, system. And actually admitted to make the world safer for themselves, and they were the natural rulers. So there's a lot of tribal conflict going on here, and folk don't understand it. But uh, you, you have to understand that to understand anything at all as to why it's all happening and uh, the way that it is happening. So uh, the Frankfurt School was awfully big. They turned out so many books on their whole agenda. Uh, Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell, also said, who worked with them too, he, he said um, that we, we used to believe, he said, to bring in the planned society, we'd have to remove every child from the parents. But Russell was given permission uh, back in the 1920s by uh, the royalty to have an experimental school where he did, he did things that no one would be allowed to in Britain. They'd have hung them otherwise. He, he was given the permission to bring in children and he would promote pre-pubertal sexual contact between them to see if their idea was correct that if they promoted this and hypersexualized them uh, and, and they had, had lots of partners even before puberty was kicking in, once that happened and they encouraged it after puberty, that then no one would bond for life, they'd have no children. That was the intention of it. He said it was a highly successful working so, so, so with, with this, this knowledge now and being implemented through cultural shifts which we control, through entertainment and so on. He said, we shall uh, ensure that uh, uh, the parents uh, will, will be very promiscuous, hyper-promiscuous, uh, overdose them on, on sexuality and television, that's what it's for too, and movies, etc., using the cultural industries, that's Hollywood. And he said, the, the parents can therefore uh, simply be the economic providers of the children, won't have to remove the children, and, and he said the state can then give them their indoctrination with no parental input. Uh, that's happened. I lived through that happening. Yeah. Uh, I've got another question um, on the Austrian school uh, and Ludwig von Mises or Mises. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. What, would you, what would you know about him? Or, or the well, Austrian it's school. the same old philosophy of what they call libertarianism. Uh, and et cetera, et cetera, and the market controls itself. There's, uh, anything to do with money, I call conology. Uh, it, it really is conology. Every country, if it wanted to, could coin its own and print its own cash and did what Canada did at one time. 
and, and, and that was to, 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 to sell it to the banks, put it into society through, through various programs and, and so on. And it was debt-free. When you put it in the hands of private bankers who then lend it to your countries and nations and governments, it's an old story, even tells in the Old Testament, which you can't throw out the window, by the way. All the rules of this game are in there, <laughs> for those who don't know it. Uh, and so uh, uh, you're, you're, you're the tail and you're the head. That's what, that's what the, 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 the lender and the debtor happens to be, you know. And it's always going to be that way. They, they pull the, the strings and Quigley and others and, and uh, talked about this. It's eventually the bankers will use the power of money to control the entire planet and, and to the order that they desire. He was all for it, remember, this, this kind of system. He was completely elitist himself. Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're nearly there with the, the money system. I mean, we're... We are there. Well, actually, we are there. I mean, money, I mean, you, you, you have no safety. Understand, to keep people under control, you must keep them on edge all the time. Uh, the basic fears that folk have, it doesn't matter who you are, what country you're in, you, 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 have, you need food, shelter, clothing, heat, etc. You see, it's your basics. You go in and you monopolize, you monopolize that through, you know, and don't forget Agenda 21 and all the rest of it and collectivization is to go back into, even tells you in that Agenda 21, there'll be no private property as such. Now, there will be big chains of, of folk who have private property chains throughout the cities, who they always have, who also run the money systems. But um, you will not be allowed to, as an ordinary person, to own private property. So you'll be on the edge as we always have been, on getting enough money to pay that. And, of course, for that rent is always going to fluctuate up, and never, never down, but although it was up, up whenever they want to. Uh, the value of the money is never stable, which is ridiculous. People don't realize that for a long time, money was pretty stable. There was, a, there was, there was actually laws at one point about what money was. Britain had, had, had pounds, you see, and it was a pound of weight of sterling silver. And no matter what year you were in, that pound of weight was always the same. You didn't change the weight of that pound. So you had your, your, your half-crown silver, and you had, you had your florins, two shillings, and, and your, your shillings, and your, the sixpence, and even had a threepence at one time. And, and then you would have uh, 240 pennies instead of copper, and, and that would always be the same worth, it's the same purchasing power. That was all done away uh, with, with, with when they brought in uh, the, the decimal system, made it of alloys, the cash, and, and, and brought in value-added tax at the same time. Every country in this global system has to bring in a value-added tax, which is the biggest racket too. But anyway, if you bought an item, any item, say, and it was yours, if it was really yours, and you earned it, right, even a computer, and the government says, okay, uh, we have to devalue your, your computer today, so they come in and take away the screen, you know. Uh, or to take away the mouse, or, or, or this week it's a hard drive. You, you, you would say this is insane. Well, of course it's insane. But so is this whole craziness of allowing private people, big elitists who, who lend it to countries, to decide what the value of money is today, who, who sell you bills of goods by a law that you must contribute into through your cash, to keep them alive and all, all the institutions that they set up, they call them government institutions, but actually private, and, and, and you have to finance it all so they can live awfully well while they plunder you and they always devalue what you have in the bank as money. Why isn't a cup of coffee always the same price from one century to the next? It could be, you know. It could be. Well, well I mean, if, if, if anything, it should be cheaper. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the con game. I mean, if you buy a bag of votes at one time, if you were bartering a bag of votes for a bag of barley, and it was, it was 100 weight each, it would always be the same, right? But you bring in a third party that says, oh, yeah, I know you got that 100 weight of votes, but we can only give you half a 100 weight for the same 100 weight of barley today. You know, no, no, how you go, pal? You know, that's it. But this is the con of money, you see. And meanwhile, they grab all your money, and these same people who, who introduce money run a thing called the stock market, a big casino where they toss it in the air. It's all rigged, of course, because 300 families at the top slush around uh, billions each per day, way above everybody else. It's all rigged. Uh, and so they sell, sell this as normal. And then by the time you retire, for every pound or dollar you put into your, into your savings for your retirement, through retirement funds or whatever it happens to be, uh, you couldn't buy a cup of coffee for the time, by the time those years are up, 20 years, 30 years, you couldn't buy a cup of coffee for it. It's all an, a racket. And yet we're taught this is normal. <laughs> At the same time, we're told by the UN that uh, a good citizen is a good producer and consumer. Yeah, these, these, guys, right. at the top, right. these guys at the top that's produce right. absolutely nothing except debt, and uh, they consume vast resources. Um, yes. So, so they're, they're just hypocrites. Uh, they're uh, hypocrites, and they've always been hypocrites. And, and but they, you must remember, they, they they believe that they are the natural order of elitists because of their of their long lineages. They're they're marrying into the same people over and over and over, and holding on to the power structure of the world through centuries. They believe they're the natural order according to Darwin, and they truly believe this. I mean, I mean, there's no questioning about it. They really believe it. And therefore, it's their right to rule over the lessers, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've um, you know, we're, we're always told that the politicians are, are getting paid such huge sums of money and uh, getting all their um, bills paid for them uh, by the public because they're the they're the best we can uh, expect. You know, they're the best we can get. That's why we have to pay so much. Or they'll go into the private sector. That's you know. Right. Well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've spoken to a number of these people, uh, including uh, Enda Kenny, who's the, the Prime Minister of Ireland, or Taoiseach of Ireland, as they call it, and uh, you would never meet a, a thicker bunch of people. Uh, yeah. You cannot get a coherent sentence out of them on anything unless yeah. it's uh, scripted. They, they just That's cannot right. uh, get a conversation with you at all on any normal level. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, it's very clear to anybody who talks to them that these guys are just puppets because uh, they couldn't run a, a newspaper stand, never mind a country. That's right. You know? they're, they're, they're fronts. They're fronts. And uh, uh, again, as I get, go back to Professor Carl Quigley in the 60s, he said that every prime minister of every country and every president has been a member put in there by this private organization. It says, it says since the late 1800s. What's interesting to me is are the old books of the, from the 1930s. I have a collection of them here. Uh, put out by the Royal Institute for International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations for their annual meetings that they had across the world back then. And they go by the what they call um, the Chatham House Rules. Chatham House is their headquarters in England. And the Harold Pratt Building in, in, in New York is the American branch's headquarters. But they, they, uh, they, they attend, all, the, all the top guys and prime ministers were there, including Ireland's, in the 1930s in Melbourne, Australia, 1937. And they were discussing the future. All the top bureaucrats, by the way, are often more important than, than, than the guys that you think you elect. Because they're all high members of it too, and they're more important because they're always there. They've got whole life careers there. We don't vote them in. 
uh, they were talking about this coming global society they were going to have. And all they had to do was, was bring this war on with Germany and Japan. And they said, they said we're definitely going to have a, a, a war. And it was all planned. And they even discussed all the plans. They had no, no problems about winning it because they knew America would come in, you see. And I said, we, we think America come in and it'd be very, uh, be very fortunate if a Japan were to attack America. They even knew that. This is 1937. And, and uh, it, it, they were setting up in their discussions. And they had communists there, world communist leaders from Britain too and other places. And they had the top capitalists here, the top bankers were there. Uh, all, and that's what Quigley says, we don't care who they are, we're all members. Because collectively, they run the whole system. They are the elite. Using all of these systems together, they compromise the elite. They get it all working. And, and they, they, had, they talked about China. They said, they said after this war, America will, will take over completely from Britain as a policeman of the world. And they'll pay for it, just like Britain did. And that's what crashed, crushed Britain. All this, you know, the, the ordinary folk, as I say, paid for all the costs of it all. The private boys uh, plundered the world and, and raked in on the cash. But we, we were left with the tabs, the bills. Um, America will take over, and they'll supply the manpower and all the equipment and, and etc. And they'll pick up the tabs. But eventually, they'll crash as well. And they said, towards the end of the century, in the 21st century, they'll have, they'll, 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 they'll have more. They knew they were going to have wars with the Middle East. That was all planned. Uh, and again, we're going back to the 1930s when they wrote these books and discussed all this. And, and they said, uh, eventually, America will, will fall back and then come back out again fighting and appear to be strong and then fall back again, uh, utterly crushed uh, and financially uh, and collapse. Then China will, will take over as a policeman of the world. And they had no problems with that because they wanted to bring in China and, and pump them up as a collective society who are awfully obedient to be the new Producers of the planet. This is the 1930s again, and and and, um, and they had no problems with, with the leaders of China. Understand, the same characters that run your banking system and America's banking system and every country's across Europe's banking system also run China's banking systems. They run China too. They have no problems with China at all. And, and, and so China would take over. And sure enough, when you look into the, 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 the published books for the general public, like the Foreign Affairs magazine for the CFR, for the last umpteen years now, they've been pushing for China to take up its, its responsible position as a leader of the world. And what they're meaning is militarily to start policing it and, and take over work in unison alongside America as, as they take over. So you're living through a script. I always tell people you're living through a script, a planned script, like a big business plan. And that's exactly what it is. Uh, everything's been planned, including the cultural changes, the destructions of cultures, the new cultures that have to take over, and so on and so on. You're living through a planned script, and you have, you have had no say in any of these big changes because you don't have a democracy. Even Cameron, for God's sake, spoke at a big meeting uh, when he was going for the vote, and he got heavily financed by uh, a certain society in Britain, that's also good societies running America. But uh, he, he talked about his connections because he was married into the top families that ran the banking system, uh, and his ancestors had been the, the top bankers for, for Hong Kong when they, they used the opium deals with China and so on. 
and flooded, uh, flooded them with opium. His family were heavily involved in that, along with, uh, you probably know that the uh, the Cheneys and the Bushes and, and the Kerrys, their families were all involved too in that, or the bunch at Yale University in the opium wars and the crushing of China. They, they were said, they were, the idea for China to be a leader was even talked about way back then, as they would use that as another front cover. Yeah. And, I, and of course, um, I think it was H.G. Verse, I can't, I can't remember the name of the book, I'm not actually in my house at the moment, now. but um, he wrote in uh, one of his books that um, back in the 1920s or early 30s that um, uh, carbon would be the new energy in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, energy itself uh, uh, was a theory of doctrine brought out in the 30s by, again, people from, who belonged to the, 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 Massey, the, the, the Frankfurt School too, uh, and how they would trade energy, energy units themselves, including the offspring of it, which was carbon, the offsets. Uh, but energy itself, uh, and what they said was money itself is simply a representation of energy, which it is. In fact, that's why it was illegal to tax people income tax, because it was always understood up until about the 20th century that income tax was, was slavery. They, they took your labor, represented in money, from you, and your income was your money from, from your labor. And so it was illegal. Income tax was actually illegal in a lot of countries. And again, like when they want to change, they, keep, they bring in big wars, and they call it temporary war taxes. That's what they called it in Britain, temporary war tax. In America, it was a victory tax. Now it's, 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 it's income tax, you know. So they con you, and con, that's why wars are awfully good for them. During a crisis period, you say, okay, I guess we'll have to do it to survive, or survival's at stake. No, they've, they've planned that before they even started the wars, you know. Yeah, I think um, it was, uh, VAT was um, introduced in Britain to pay for the common agricultural policy, I yeah. believe. Yeah. That's what it's first introduced right. for. Yeah. Um, right. we'll, we'll go to another piece of music, and uh, there's a few people uh, looking for some form of solution, if you see any. And um, mm-hmm. we'll come back, we've got, uh, what, after a bit of music, we'll have about 10 minutes left, and we'll, we'll discuss that possibly. Well, sure. I can't remember what the next piece of music is, but um, I'm sure a producer will stick it on anyway. I think it's new, uh, new order actually. <laughs> and Tom, it's probably appropriate. You're listening to Awake Radio. Straight talk to the awake and aware. Welcome back to the Reality Bites Radio. A uh, bit of a, a technical issue there. I didn't hear the countdown. But um, we're just talking to Alan off air about um, basically how we're, we're all controlled and uh, through the, the monetary system and uh, all these think tanks that are basically all over the world, all linked together, all working towards the same agenda and same goals. Um, if you want to carry on with, with that, Alan, then we'll, we'll get into a little yeah. bit. We're talking about um, how to front up your politicians and ask them what's going on, or, or tell them you know what's going on, and yeah. the the future of the truth movement, I suppose. So, yeah, um, but, but, but politicians always say, you know, number one, you ask them first off the, off the bat, were you vetted uh, uh, by uh, the CFR or Royal Institute for International Affairs before you went into politics? And, and if they're honest, they'd have to tell you, yeah. So they're the only ones allowed to run in any top positions. It doesn't matter about the ones beneath them, it's the ones at the top. The ones beneath them are simply trained seals that clap, like in a circus, they clap, they're, they're finished together for their boss. That's, that's the ones below, for brownie points. And, and, and two, you ask them, are, do you, what societies have you, do you belong to that you've already taken oaths to? 
that supersede everything else. And they'll be dumbfounded if you ask those questions, you know. And therefore, how can you possibly bring them in as a pretended representative of you when they've already had their allegiances to something else that you know nothing about? So it's a complete charade, you see. And remember, too, history is, is, is very simple. Those in power, Britain, Britain for instance, London had 5,000 paid spies in the 1800s paid by the government using your tax money, just to go around all the little coffee places and tea houses listening to gossip to keep their tabs on the pulse of the public's opinion. Today it's easier because they don't need all of them. They've got, you're putting up the data yourselves by your chats and in your communications to each other. It's perfect today. And they can instantly change something that's going out of hand, or before it gets out of hand, like a military exercise. How do we head this off at the past before it becomes a problem? And so it's the same thing when they plan a movement. It's with military precision. If we do this to society, any big change, what will be the consequence? We move this forward. Uh, out of the grassroots will come this opposition. So what do we do? We create the opposition. We train the leaders before we've made the first move. So they're there, ready to go. And sure enough, the public will say, oh, gee, you know, I don't have to start this. There's so-and-so going to speak for me. So you've always got leaders made, purpose made for it. They keep you going in circles, by the way. They're very well trained. MI5 has done that for, for about a century. You know? uh, and so is the CIA. Uh, and they give you the leaders. And our, and our great tactic is to bring in the new age leaders who grab the information, which is factual information that others are discussing factually. And they bring in the bizarre, you see. Uh, until when you talk about the same information, all you probably believe in, you know, the UFO guys or the aliens running the planet, right? And so you're ridiculed. Even though you, you, you haven't mentioned that, you're lumped in with them. And they always financially back them like you wouldn't believe to make them a star. For instance, if the BBC launches you to the public, uh, you, you have the government behind them. The BBC is a government institution. So be careful who you follow, folks. No matter how fantastic it seems, and people love mysticism. They love it, believe you me. But the whole thing is to ridicule, and, and, and that's a good term. I always use the circus. The circus, when it becomes a circus, they give you the, circus, the, the ringmasters. And the ringmasters will be men for every seasons, as Shakespeare would say. Man for all seasons. Whoever audience he's addressing, he'll be one of them. If it's a UFO, it's a ufology. He'll be in, he'll go into the stars for, 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 for NASA and all this stuff, you see. If, if he's talking to a Christian group, he'll be a Christian. He'll be a, a man, whatever you want him to be, he'll be that. And he'll be incredibly well financed. Uh, for the New Age group, he'll be the complete New Ager rehashing all Blavatsky's stuff. And you have to go into the history of Blavatsky to see who financed her because she was financed, heavily financed, by the way. And the ones that took over, Basant uh, and Bailey, uh, Basant's dad was a British lord, you know. Uh, and so you had the, the, these high Freemason lords in the establishment uh, bringing out this movement. It was intended at that time, initially, to bring in the women and separate them from the men by, by appealing to the, the part that always appeals to women, which is magic. Magic, folks. Uh, and that's the, what we call the new age today. Now they're getting more guys into it, too. But they give you the gurus to follow, they heavily finance them, they train them, 
and they, they've got the same old formats. They'll, they'll use Alistair Crowley stuff, information. They'll spout that, the, the, the Bailey stuff, uh, the Bassant stuff, uh, Blavatsky stuff. Same, they don't have to make anything new. See, a formula, when it works, and Plato said this, if it works in the past in society, if you know the formula and how to introduce it in the same sequence, then it will work again. And so they, once it works, they always use the same formula over and over, and it will work. Uh, and, and again, that's basic psychology. So they give you the ones to follow. And unfortunately, um, don't forget too, it can become a big money business as well in the U.S. Um, there's a lot more to it, but a big money business as well. Uh, I've gone through the, 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 even the personalities that can be used, for instance, uh, to bring in the new age or whatever it happens to be. You can bring in the psychopathic personality. Psychopaths sniff the wind in all social change movements. And if they think that this one's going to win, they'll, they'll jump on board. They'll be the communist. They'll be the whatever it takes. They'll be that to the perfection, to, to aggrandize themselves. And they'll say all the right things that people are thinking or talking about. But they'll go off in a different direction for themselves. And they'll enrich themselves mightily in, in the process too. Then they become the tyrant and ruthless. And by ruthless, you, you eliminate all competition. Uh, that's happening in, even in truth movements as well, by the way. Because they're well funded by a big institution, some of them. Yeah, well, I, I, um, I, I, I was a witness to the, the kind of whole um, circus um, phenomenon, if you like, at Bilderberg yes. this year. And for for anybody that was there, I mean, Thursday and Friday, uh, it was um, normal activists, if you like, to use that term, um, mm-hmm. who were there trapped. But I mean, we were all penned into a field. There was no um, there was no opportunity to protest anything. We were over a mile away from the venue. Uh, you couldn't see anything. You saw the odd cars coming in. You saw Hillary Clinton coming in. People like that. But um, yeah. I mean, it, it people just shouting at cars. Basically, I mean, that's 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 going to get nobody anywhere. But yeah. um. On on the Saturday, I mean, and anybody can look it up. They know who was there. It it became an absolute circus, and yes. we had a tent there run by the Guardian newspaper, um, and Charlie Skelton, a self-confessed hardcore pornographer, who we we are supposed to look up to as some kind of um, savior, but his yeah. only um, his only point to make was that um, the Bilderberg book wouldn't be so bad if they just came out in, in public and said what they want to do. And I, I said to him, I says, well, if Henry Kissinger rolls down here in his wheelchair and says we want to wipe out 90%, is that all right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and he just walked off, of course. But uh, there right. you go. That's, that was the circus that was Bilderberg this year. And I, I think that's the, the way it's going to go. We're going to get a, a PR guy from Bilderberg next year uh, coming out and giving yeah. a little talk on the on the lawn and uh, everything will be fine. But, that's um, exactly right. Yeah. You know. they give you, see, they give you your leaders. Never forget that. Never, ever forget that. Absolutely. Um, there, there was, there's one issue actually that, um, I want to take up. Yeah. And it was the, the fracking issue. And I know it's, I mean, there's, there's both sides of the argument. It's good, bad, blah, blah, blah. But I, I had my own theory on it. I mean, this, this is probably a bit simplistic, but, um, I just, I just thought that, um, you know, there's so much hype on both sides of the fence, if you like. And I just thought, I want, I wonder if, um, go back to what you said about experts. I wonder if this whole thing's been hyped out of proportion. Uh, so that we have to rely on experts to get it out of the ground, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not going to benefit us at all because it's going to be hyper expensive because they'll have yeah. to bring in all the regulations, etc., or they'll leave it in the ground, which um, isn't going to benefit us either. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just wondered if it was as simple as the early days of oil where somebody could go out and uh, just drill a hole and get, mm-hmm. and get it 
and they don't want yeah. to know that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just putting that forward as a, as a, yeah. uh, as my own little theory. I don't know. But, um, I mean, what, what's your take on that? I mean, I, I mean, well, fracking's going to be gone on a long time. But um, the real system we live under is internationalism, and internationalism is elite, pure elitism. They have no problems discussing at their world meetings who, who's who, and and the fact that they have the right to all energy supplies and run things and so on, plantings and use our money to, to to fund their projects. By the way, that's a big thing too. Now, all these big private companies are making a, a massive killing. They always have using governments, and, and now they completely own governments. I mean, completely own governments, and and that's why governments are always on board with all the new proposals. When they sold the fracking idea, and fracking, remember, is a play on, 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 on what they say is frigging in uh, Ireland, you know. Uh, we know what the word means. Uh, it's just too close. It's meant to be. But they, it's like doing that to the planet and doing that to your, to your land that you sit on. But uh, it, it's an expensive process. But the, the rewards, again, are awfully lucrative, especially if they're using your tax money to fund their projects, which they are, by the way. All their startup money comes from the taxpayer. And, and they build roads in too, and all this kind of stuff. You're building all that stuff for private corporations. And the idea when they tried to sell it to the public in the US and Canada and elsewhere was that, uh, oh yeah, we'll have energy for a hundred years or more. So the, the people say, okay, I guess they can use our taxis for that. It's for a good group. It's for us. You know, Once they have it up and running like they, they do in the States and so on, the first thing they do is they're exporting this stuff. So that no, no, it's not for you at home for hundred. This this stuff is going to be sucked out pretty fast over fifty years or less or whatever, as, as they export the stuff abroad uh, for private corporations to make their massive profits. Everything is to do with business and private enterprise on a massive scale, massive scale. Not the little guy, the big guys, the big corporations. As, as quickly said, a feudal system, CEOs and new feudal overlords. That's already here. And it's another scam to, to plunder the, the general public, to sell you something for a massive price, by the way, that you've already paid for, for your taxes through funding the companies that are doing it and subsidizing them and to, to get even richer. That's what they call the natural order. It's their right to become richer to ensure their survivability and their families and their own peoples into the future while we, and under the Darwinian scheme, simply die off as obsolete. They really believe this, folks. They really truly believe this. Yeah. I mean, the, the, only, the only reason I brought it up, I, I didn't mean to, to catch you on the hop or anything. Uh, the only reason I brought it up is because um, I was uh, I was at a, a monthly meeting and uh, one of the uh, foremost ab, ab advocates against fracking uh, was doing a tour around the country and, and people listening will know who I'm talking about. Um, but he has, uh, he has spaceships and uh, crop circles all over his website as well. But, um, you know, he, I photocopied a passage out of the book uh, The Crimes of Punishment of I.G. Farben and there's a footnote in there talking about um, shale gas and shale oil um, yeah. being extracted by the Rockefellers back in 1916 by or ordinary methods and uh, mm -hmm. my simple question to him was uh, you know, what were ordinary methods back in 1916? And he, he replied to me, fracking, and I says, well that's that's rubbish because that didn't start till 46 I think it was 45, 46 I says, so what were ordinary methods? And he he walked off and never answered the question. So that yeah. kind of raised me suspicion. But uh, but anyway, that, that that's another issue. Um, I suppose we're kind of running over time. But um, what I suppose if there was to be one solution, just a basic solution of, of um, how we can at best um, delay this this uh, thing that's going on, or or not, you know, hopefully stop it. I mean, yeah. what would what would your your take on that be? 
as I say, it's very simple as far as the, the primary goal or, or, or the primary attack you must make is on the fact that you can't have freedom or democracy of any kind at all or any kind of rights when private groups for centuries have run the entire money system and lending and debt and stock market systems, the big casino, where your pensions and everything go, get tossed all over the planet. Uh, and, and which is pointless anyway, because I see the time you get it, every pound you put in or dollar you put in is worth a, a, a penny in 20 years' time instead of a dollar or a pound. It's a completely rigged system you're in. And until countries, if there's any countries left, by the way, we're almost too late to even say it, uh, start doing their own money again and putting in debt-free money uh, on people selected by you to work in government and changed every year, every single year. Because you must watch, they will be corrupted as fast as they can and get at these guys. Uh, even if they pick local guys that you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be at them very quickly to corrupt them. And Because whoever runs the money runs the, runs the whole country and the world. So you've got to keep, have an incredible system of watching uh, the, the people who are watching the money. And, and they must be printed and made by the governments themselves. It cannot be in private hands. It cannot be in private hands. Impossible. Uh, the private hands are, are the normal way today. It's accepted by Darwinism and elitism and so on. It's a natural order. And it's a, again, it's eugenics. They believe in eugenics and they believe they have the right to do so. And uh, even those outside the money system that benefit off it all believe in it too because they're all up at the top living awfully well off the rest of us. Um, Darwin put it in a, in a very clear form. He said before that uh, acorn can, can take root to grow into the giant oak tree. He's talking about elitism, by the way. He said, first, um, you have to get different uh, microbes going in to aerate that soil. And then different grasses must grow and die off. And other ones come in and grow and die off to nourish that soil with different minerals. And then different worms, get all this insects, blah, blah. He says, then the acorn is... is thing. So he's likening all of the, the classes of society to the, to the worms to the insects, to the microbes that prepare it all for the, that acorn, that giant tree you take off into the future. That's the elite, super elite. That's the way that they code things amongst themselves. And this is their, what they believe is their science. It's their true belief system. And we are just the, we're just like the stages of a rocket propelling them, them into space. And when we've pushed them high enough, we drop off, we've spent, we're done, we're finished. They believe that's the natural order. Until you, you reclaim your, your right to exist on the same level as anybody else, including them, uh, then you will always be a slave doomed to extinction eventually because it's, it's in the works, it's the plan. Yeah. It's up to you. It's up to you to take it back. Yeah, everybody, every individual. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I was um, unfortunate enough to be unemployed when I came back to the UK, and uh, I was in the unemployment office um, having to answer questions to these people. And I, I eventually just got sick of it and said, "I'm not doing this. I'm just going to go and work for myself." And uh, mm-hmm. had a, a few um, words with them over the over the desk, as it were. And um, I, I turned around to walk out, and the people sitting there saying, "Well done, mate." You know, I said, "Well, mm-hmm. why aren't you doing it as well?" You know, what, yeah. what you, you, know, you get off your arses and, and give them, give them what I've just given them, and, and tell them that's you're right. not having it anymore. But um, of course, they wouldn't do it. But uh, there you go. That's that's, that's the, right. the way it is. They're all uh, dependent. The problem is most most people, unfortunately, are followers. They know this, so they supply the leaders, including all opposition too. You see, and they finance them well, and they train them well. Yeah. 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 Well, um, Alan, um, we've gone what ten minutes over time, anyway. Um, 
I mean, there's so much more we could uh, go into. I mean, we oh, just yeah. you just mentioned the word eugenics there. I mean, we didn't even touch on that really, um, and and so much more. I mean, I don't know. You come back in a, a month or two, and uh, we can do it all again, and uh, yeah. you know, we can go a bit deeper into things because um, you know, I mean, people a lot of people in the chat room on the Awake Radio Station uh, have heard your talks before, and uh, you know, they're, they're looking for yeah more of the the stuff that um, you know delves really into the. The, the roots of things. Yeah, I mean, literally, each 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 part, each branch, of every topic you bring up, and it's just a sad part of it all. You don't realise that you could pick on just say the revolutions, as say across, across Germany and, and Europe uh, around the time of Luther, uh, and each one you could spend a week non-stop talking about what happened. You know, I mean, each one's a, a, a big history and very important. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, on that note. Uh, as I say, perhaps uh, a month or two, we can we can come back and do it again. Um, thanks, thanks again for your time. Very gracious of you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's a, it's a pity you're off here again, but um, it's good. You, have you got any more interviews uh, lined up your website? I do, and I'm trying to get a lot done too. I've got four other books to try to get out by February, and uh, and I've also I've got all this, all these offers to do again full time, and I'm I'm thinking about that too, but. Right now, I'm trying to catch up because when I was on full time already, you don't realise you get up in the morning and you're getting right into the, the covering the, the the news of the world yourself, and you're stuck on a computer almost all day, and then you're on the show at night, and then you've got to cut all the ads after it's been broadcast to put up on your own sites, and then you're finished at two in the morning. I mean, it literally was deadly, you know, because um, you don't have the staff and so on, and, and you're doing it yourself, so. Now, right now, I'm trying to catch up and do the things I've been putting off and stalling. Uh, and uh, it's awfully important, even just getting the wood in, so to see through, through the winter this year was a job, you know. Because the, the winter's going to be hellish this year. I just know it's going to be deep, deep, lots of snow right up until April, May, like last year. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same here. I think it's going to be the same here. I mean, we had, we had snow in May here last year as well, and uh, I, I can't see it being a different this year. It's uh, it's yeah. uh, forecast for this week, I think, uh, and then that's the south of England. So um, in August this year, this year uh, August, uh, I had about four or five nights of sub-zero temperatures in August. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, global so warming. For, that's global yeah, warming. That's global for you. warming. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, again, thanks for your time, Alan, and uh, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully, we'll do it again in the near future. Sure. And you, sure. just your website. Website for people who don't know is um, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's right, and go into Alan Watt Sentient Sentinel.eu as well for transcripts as well as the audios. Yeah, yeah, I think I've actually still got one of these on my computer somewhere which I've not finished for you yet, so um, I apologize and I, I shall try and get yeah. on to that. Um, okay, yeah. okay um, thanks very much again, Alan. And, uh, it's a pleasure. We'll talk, yeah. talk again soon. Okay, take care. Take care, too. Cheers. Bye bye.